I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Kurt Miller, Executive Director for the Healthcare Supply Chain Association's Committee for Healthcare E-Standards about recent cybersecurity guidance issued by the group. So, Kurt, HSCA recently issued guidance for key cybersecurity recommendations that medical device manufacturers healthcare delivery organizations, and service providers should consider to help safeguard patient health, safety, and privacy. What precipitated the group to issue this guidance? For instance, was it prompted by any of the major cybersecurity incidents and vulnerability alerts we've been seeing lately? And what should healthcare sector entities know about the guidance? HSCA has been tracking cybersecurity and following these issues for a number of years now. We first issued guidance uh, back in 2018, I believe, at the direction of the board. And this came from, from board level. And due to the recent prominence of, in particular, ransomware, but other cybersecurity incidents, uh, we felt it was time to update this guidance so that uh, it addressed those issues specifically and also bring the attention to the community as well. And Kurt, what should healthcare sector entities know about this guidance? What is pertinent in that guidance that maybe perhaps has not been so high on the priority list for the healthcare sector? This is high-level guidance that's targeted at people making decisions about resources and how to approach this. And it comes from the perspective that the healthcare environment, particularly in hospitals and healthcare providers, is one of the most complex business operating environments there is. And particularly from a cybersecurity perspective, highly complex with a, a large potential attack surface area um, that, that needs to be protected. Cybersecurity is a team sport. It's not just an IT thing. It's really a risk management issue. The IT tools and the IT technologies that are used in healthcare provide wonderful benefits for providers and patients as, as well. But along with that comes, unfortunately, some risks. And the goal of the guidance was to show how all the parties involved in pr providing these services ultimately to patients can work together uh, to reduce that risk. So, Kurt, HSCA also published recommendations for medical device cybersecurity terms and conditions in conjunction with the new guidance. What should healthcare entities know about these recommendations? Is there anything that's being suggested that hasn't been necessarily as high on the priority list for healthcare sector organizations previously? I think one of the things, and, and uh, people within the IT community are, are, are fairly well aware of this, but some of the things that really need to be addressed are the involvement of suppliers and manufacturers and HDOs and information sharing and analysis organizations. These communities are instrumental in reducing potential threats, and also the importance of a software bill of materials for medical devices is essential for helping IT teams um, identify where our risk might be down the road. Another key issue is what is the uh, life cycle and what is the expected life? This helps folks manage software updates, upgrades, and plan for replacement. As you know, when software um, is no longer supported, it creates huge challenges from an IT perspective for managing cybersecurity risks. So, Kurt, what are some of the biggest cybersecurity gaps that you see in terms of the medical device cybersecurity ecosystem in the healthcare supply chain? We know that the biggest risks typically involve either compromised 
jolts or phishing attacks. Um, these attempts by threat actors uh, to get into these systems are ongoing constantly. I think that employee training and awareness is essential to help prevent those from occurring in the first place. The other thing is that for the IT teams, being prepared it is essential. One of the good approaches to a take is to think about it as not if we're going to be hacked, but when we're going to be hacked, how we're going to handle it. A prepared IT environment when presented with a threat can usually deal with that consequences. It's when the team may be unprepared or a vulnerability is uh, compromised uh, without awareness that it escalates into a, uh, a more significant incident or breach. And so, Kurt, you also touched upon software bills of materials, and the FDA in 2018 issued draft guidance recommending that vendors provide a cybersecurity bill of materials for their medical device products. Meanwhile, the Biden administration last year issued an executive order also requiring that government contractors submit software bills of materials to identify the origins of each component of software that is furnished to federal agencies. Do you think software bills of materials, if required, would help bolster the security of the healthcare sector? If so, why and how? One of the fundamentals from a cybersecurity perspective is you can't protect what you don't know. So the environment that the healthcare entities work in is extremely complex thousands, tens of thousands, potentially hundreds of thousands of devices or, or network connections. If they're not aware of what's connected to the network and what's involved in those connections, that's um, a potential threat that they can't deal with. So I think from that perspective, that those S-bombs are essential for helping the healthcare provider IT teams uh, understand their environments. From a manufacturer perspective, providing and maintaining those S-bombs um, helps them understand in the event that they have a vulnerability that they need to address, where that software has been used in their devices, they can understand where that is quickly so that they can communicate and help ad address whatever the situation may be. The whole topic of software bills of material has gotten some pushback, even in the healthcare sector. What are some of the hurdles from the manufacturers or the vendors of these products in terms of difficulties that they have in terms of being able to prepare and provide software bills of material? Are there certain issues that come up that you hear? I think the real the real challenge is if they haven't if you haven't been doing that historically, getting the the processes and procedures in place uh, to collect all that information initially can be challenging. It certainly is going to add additional cost. That's understood. Once again, this is a risk management situation. Providing that information is a risk reduction. The other big challenge is is we talk about this is such a broad spectrum of devices that get connected to the internet or to the network. That's where these, these threats lie. So the complexity of providing that bill of material for a relatively simple or basic device versus you know, an MRI or a CAT scan, which has lots of, of software and lots of components, is very variable. So I think the suppliers will be able to get there over time, but putting those systems together to collect that information and maintain it may be add additional cost and or resource utilization. And do you think the healthcare sector 
supply chain will eventually get there where it's more mainstream and it's more the exception of the rule if you know someone doesn't have a software bill of materials for their products? Certainly. Um, I think what the organizations who are cyber aware on the buy side um, are going to, to insist on it. So if uh, the suppliers want to remain pertinent in their sectors, uh, they're going to need to provide that information, particularly if their competitors are providing it. And finally, Kurt, going back to ransomware attacks, you know, you mentioned that being such a big trend in the healthcare sector. Any key advice for healthcare sector entities and the supply chain and supply chain partners based on some of the ransomware attack trends that we've been seeing in recent months, especially looking ahead to this year? Anything key that you think these entities in the healthcare sector need to be doing sooner rather than later that maybe before wasn't such a high priority? I think of the things that we can do to help reduce the, the risk of ransomware are known. It's making sure those things are in place. Employee training here is critical to make sure uh, that employees understand the risks associated with their use of the systems. Managing credentials, once again, is a key component to keep uh, threat actors out of the systems. And then from an IT perspective, the IT team needs to make sure that they utilize network segmentation and whitelisting or zero trust to the greatest extent possible to re- reduce the potential access of threat actors into their networks. Well, thank you, Kurt. I've been speaking to Kurt Miller. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.